to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy. Certain point. If you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star, then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status. We, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even saying eat meat, but at least put some cereal in the milk. Come on. <laughs> you, that's like taking six, 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 the mark of the beast, and redefining it, like Biggie tried to do, and saying, no, it means this or that. No, 666 is 666, you can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Jesus taught us to come as a child to enter into his kingdom. This essentially means that we should be dependent upon him as a child to a parent. God never wants you to get independent of him. He always wants you dependent. That's why the whole thing went down in the garden the way it did. God did not want them to get that knowledge. He wanted them to depend on him for the knowledge. That's what that was all about. God made us his children and we stay his children. We don't outgrow being his children. Amen. He's always our father and he wants us coming to him as a father. I don't care how much money you get. He still wants you to come to him and thank him for the money. Amen. He wants you to come to him and ask him for a way when you need a way. Because money don't get you out of everything. Matthew 19 and 14, but Jesus said, suffer the little children, forbid them not to come to me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. He was given an illustration. You see the little children, how they come to me. They come to me. They trust me. They get in my lap. They, they just, they, they, you know, that is how you have to come into the kingdom. Amen. So he said, the way these children come is the way you have to come. Coming to God as a child also means to be humble, not considering our appearance or the opinions of others. Amen. A child is never, uh, a child will sit in here in church naked. <laughs> Most children are more happy when they don't have any clothes on. Y'all ever notice that one or two, like an infant, man, they come in the house, everything off. Your baby will laugh and play more than your baby ever have when they're naked. And so that's how God wants us humble, that not, not arrogant or worried about our appearance or especially what others think. I, you think a child cares what others think? That's why we got a, a, a baby room. <laughs> they cared what others thought. We wouldn't need that. They will yell and scream and make you look like the worst parent ever. Exactly. <laughs> yes, they would. They don't care. Restaurant, anywhere. Church, anywhere. Library, wherever. I'm about to let this out. They don't care. They don't care what people think. They don't care about their appearance. And that's how we have to come to Christ. Amen. That's how the man came with his son. He was like, look, I took him to all your other disciples. They couldn't help him. Somebody help my son. Amen. That had been a baby boomer. He'd have been, shh, don't nobody say nothing. He'd be all right. Trying to keep it a secret because he worried about how they going to look. But God doesn't want that. He wants us to come to him. Amen. And not consider our appearance or the opinions of others. Matthew 18 and 3. And said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as, a, as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Two things. Except you be converted 
and then become as little children, meaning not worried about appearance, not having an agenda. You can't come to God with an agenda. Amen. When we, reduce, when we are reduced to the posture of a child, we are free from pride and arrogance. God uses those that humble themselves. If you saw the fight last night, you saw the opposite of this in Money Mayweather. He's the worst there is with arrogance and pride. I mean, there's not a humble bone in his body. This guy, there's video footage. I was watching some of it preparing for this part. Uh, part X uh, video with him and his father and he's cussing his father out telling his father he's nothing you ain't ever done nothing for me nothing just going I'm like bruh every time you say that a year is coming off your life I'm just watching you get younger and younger because you're going to die young yeah you dishonor your mother your father you will die young you won't get old see Somebody in here is quiet. They don't know that I'm quoting scripture. I'm quoting the first commandment with promise, according to the Bible. Do we, how many of you believe the Bible? See, that's when it gets really scary. I, I don't understand. How do, where is the disconnect? Where is the disconnect with this Bible we believe? I, you dishonor your father and mother and talk bad to them and cuss them out. You're going to die young. If we believe the Bible, the Bible says your days will be short. Amen. Good people have died young because of dishonor with their father or mother. When we are reduced. Don't you turn me down. Don't you turn me down. Give me that iPad. (laughs) He heard the word reduce. I'm going to reduce his volume. When we are reduced to the posture of a child, we are free from pride and arrogance. God can't use anybody with pride and arrogance. Why would he use you with pride and arrogance and he kicked the devil out? He kicked the devil out for pride and arrogance, but he's going to use you. God uses those that humble themselves. James 4 and 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall do what? Lift. You up. God does not use people that are not humble. He does not use people that are arrogant. He don't use you with swag. You can't be swagging. And God use you? Swagger. What is swagger? That's just mine. That's just... Ain't no anointed swag. That's the opposite. The Bible also tells us to put away what? Childish things once we have grown in the faith. This is not, look at somebody say, this is not. This is not not saying we should change our approach to God as a child. We still come to God as a child because he's our father. We don't ever change that. Amen. My son, no matter how old Landon gets, he's going to come to me as a father because I'm going to always be his father. Amen. My daughter came and visited this week. Come down here. Daddy this. Daddy that. Call me daddy. And when I have a grandchild, granddaddy. You know, Papa Craig. Granddaddy. Amen. Granddaddy. I want to hear all of it. Ain't no, don't shorten it. G-dad. Nah, ain't no G-dad. Granddaddy. Amen. You want some money? You better say all the syllables. 
I earned that, Jack. Treat me like a father. I'm the father. I'm always your father. Amen. And that's how you want your children. You don't want them coming to you calling you by your first name. That's a hot mess. That's a whooping. That's a beat down. But this is not to say that we change our approach to God, but we should alter our behavior as we mature. So when we get older, our behavior changes, but we still come to God as a child. But we alter our behavior and we're not making the same childish mistakes we were making when we first came to Christ. Amen. First Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I did what? I did what? Put away. Ain't nothing. Ain't nothing worse than a childish man. Women, I feel sorry for you if you accidentally got one. Just childish. No. Because you made me mad. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Could you imagine? You come to me about something. I'm trying to talk to you because, the, I mean, the, say something. No. Could you imagine being under pastor like that? There are pastors like that. You know, because they use the ministry to boost their own personal esteem. And they have a personal agenda. They need the church to feel better about themselves. So however many people, they count how many people are coming. That makes them feel good about themselves. When people stop coming, then they're like, uh-oh, something wrong. The devil, the devil, the devil. Well, the devil ain't got nothing to do with well, how many people you have in there. You know what I'm saying? But they take that personally. How much money is coming in? All that stuff is personal to them. And that's childish. Amen. We need, we, we need men that have matured past that before you stand up and start pastoring. Amen. You don't need to. Amen. The church ain't yours. Can I, can I say that again? Church, it's not yours. You can't be walking around here like that's mine. My members. Uh, just as a father disciplines his children, God chastens us to change our behavior and help us grow in him just as a father disciplines his children god does that because discipline helps us grow amen proverbs 13 24 he who spares his rod of discipline hates his son yeah you don't whoop your child you hate him i'm gonna say it again somebody gonna leave the church behind this they're gonna leave they're gonna leave they're gonna leave because they teach different in their house they've been learning from the oprah winfrey book of how not to whip your children how many children oprah got the Bible says he who spares his rod of discipline hates his son. But he who loves him disciplines diligently and punishes him when? When he's little and cute. Little cute. Look at him. Look at him. I'm not. emails from women my husband he won't let me he says that he doesn't believe in whippings sorry because the bible says whip them the bible don't even say whip them the bible said beat them that's worse beat them and they will not die according to the word of God how many of you got beat dead people can't raise their hands hey man I got marks still on me marks my daddy would grab anything that was in the vicinity. He didn't believe in the standard belt. He didn't have time to say, take your belt off. Wasn't none of that. He just, 
My daddy was working on a vacuum one time. He was working on a vacuum cleaner. And this is when I knew my daddy was crazy. He working on a vacuum cleaner. I thought we laughed about this later in life. Because <laughs> I said, Daddy, you crazy. No, I'm not. I said, Daddy, let me, let me tell you what you did. Because he totally forgot. He working on a vacuum cleaner. You know, had it upside down, trying to put the, the band back on or whatever. And one of my teachers from school called. <laughs> this happened every day. Teachers called. Because I was crazy. Teacher from school called. My mom would always just yell it. Hey, Craig, teacher called. He looked at me. He working on the back. He said, what? I said, Daddy, you know, I thought y'all to explain. <laughs> I said, nah, Dad, what happened? <laughs> what happened was, it, it, everybody got a call. Teach call everybody. <laughs> he looked at me when he would do, because he had like this little hair that I'd go right here, but his was long, so he'd do this and it would stick out. <laughs> I was like, oh no, that's bad news right there with that down. He looked down, he said, so I'm thinking the, 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 the cord to the vacuum. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the vacuum in pieces, so I'm looking at the piece, and I'm thinking, okay, I mean, that's going to hurt, but that would be logical. He took the whole silver part out the bottom that covers the, the, the spin of it, because, you know, you can grip it, and it's long. He grabbed that. He, I said, Daddy! He said, oh, boy, I'm going to beat you with that. I said, I know. <laughs> you can't hit me with that. <laughs> I ended up not even getting a whooping. He caught himself. <laughs> but that's old school, man. Shoot. Think I didn't go back to school and act right? I said, class. Yes, I have the answer to that. Like, man, what happened to you last night? Oh, you know, just decided I'll straighten up. Hey, man. Hey, man. But if you hate your son, I mean, then you're not going to whip him. But you got to whip your children. Physically hit them. That's all they understand. All the hand claps standing out because somebody got a better way. Somebody has a better way than the word. That's old. The Bible is old. And that's the way they did it back in the olden days. I mean, you want your kids acting like them kids in Baltimore? I mean, those are, those are kids that ain't been whipped. Or they've just been whipped by a woman. A whooping by a woman and a whooping by a man are two totally different things. Woman wasn't made to be a dis- disciplinary. She's a nurturer. Amen. So she's going to speak with a fork in her tongue. She whips you and then hug, huddling you and hugging. Uh, that, that's confusing. But y'all don't even understand that. I thought I was your girl. What happened? What happened, mama? It don't even make sense. But let that man come with a deep voice. Hey man, all, all a man got to do is beat him good a couple of times. And then they'll retain that in their memory bank. So then that deep voice just triggers. Oh, what? Then all you got to do is say, I'm going to tell your daddy when he get home. Whoa, no, no, I'm sorry. Mama, love you. Oh, you're pretty. You're pretty. Jonathan done started that. He done started that whole thing. You're just so beautiful. Oh, mama, you're just so pretty. It's like, where did he get that from? He can hear me coming down the steps. Ooh, mama, ooh, look at you. 
just so pretty. <laughs> yeah, but you, do, you, you, you don't just whip them, but you discipline them diligently. That means you keep disciplining them. You don't rest. And then you do it early. You don't wait till they do it. Okay, I'm going to whip you, boy. You keep doing that. Because -uh. then you might hurt them if you store that up. You don't need to store that up. You need to let that out. As children, we feed on the milk of the word with a childlike understanding. But as we mature, we should feed on the meat of the word. This changes our behavior. So the milk of the word nourishes us. But then as we get older, we need our behavior changed. So we need the meat of the word. First Corinthians three and two. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able. So you're such babes. I can't give you the meat right now. So right now I need to give you the milk of the word. So you can grow and be strong and strengthen. Then we can address your behavior. In our dealings with each other, we should be harmless, displaying childlike honesty and humility. That's our dealings with each other. Amen. Harmless. You need to be harmless. Look at somebody and say, be harmless. Be harmless. Be harmless. You know what harmless means? Harmless means that you're not going to hurt me. Some folk come to church just to hurt people. Make friends to hurt people. Make friends with folks' enemies to hurt them. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. They believe in that proverb, so they go, that's not a biblical proverb, but they believe that, so they'll go yoke up with people that don't like the same person. Can I preach in here? I'm going to yoke up with somebody that's against the person that I'm against. Even if I don't like them, I'm still going to yoke up with them because they're against who I'm against. Amen. People do that. That's just crazy. So they are not harmless. They mean to do harm. We should be harmless displaying childlike honesty and humility. Philippians 2 and 15. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Let me stop right there. If the whole point is for you to shine like a light to the world and in the midst of the crooked and perverse generation, you be without rebuke, then how are you going to do that if you cause strife in the body of Christ? The world sees you and they don't see the light of Christ because you carry in darkness. However, we should also be wise as serpents in our dealings with the world. This requires good understanding of the word and good teaching. Wise as serpents. We need to be wise as serpents. You need to be able to spot trouble before it comes. That's what a serpent does. Wise as a serpent. A serpent sticks his tongue out and senses trouble. If it's a rattlesnake, he'll start rattling and let you know, bro, you're coming the wrong way. They can sense danger before it comes with their tongue. And that's how we have to be as wise as serpents. But that comes from understanding the word and being under good teaching. Amen. Matthew 10 and 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as what? So you can't just be wise like a serpent. You can't be harm harmful like a serpent. Biting folks and pausing spewing poison and putting poison in people. Oh, I'm country. Poison. Y'all hear me? 
I heard myself. Have you ever done that? I heard myself being country. Pausing. Pausing. <laughs> but you can't bite folks and cause folks to die slowly with venom. But you have to be harmless as a what? The most harmless animal in the world. I mean, a dove don't bother nobody. But we shoot them anyway because they taste good. (laughs) When we mature, we are able to discern when to exhibit childlike innocence and when to exercise full-grown authority and wisdom. I'm going to say this again because this is very important. When we mature, we are able to discern when to exhibit childlike innocence And when to exercise full-grown authority and wisdom. That comes from maturity. So, that person you're talking to, there's a time when that person may be young in the faith, maybe a babe in the faith, you got to entreat them as one. But that person that may be causing strife or whatever, you might have to come out with the full-grown authority and wisdom and say, look, under the authority of Jesus Christ, I'm not going to entertain this in my house. You're going to have to leave. Amen. I'm not going to let you talk about the church like that, brother. I'm sorry. I'm not going to let you tear down first lady or tear down sister so-and-so that's helping with the choir or sister whatever because you're jealous or mad or whatever. Whatever the reason, I'm not going to let you do that. So I'm, I have to exercise some authority here. Bust this up. You understand what I'm saying? You can't treat them like a baby. That's foolishness. See, I can't get an amen. I can't get an amen. Amen. But at other times when people just being childlike and you know, they blurting out stuff. You might say, well, you know, you, you really shouldn't say stuff like that because it leads to this or it leads to that. And, you know, it's just not good to talk about people like that or whatever, whatever. And they say, yeah, you're right. You know, I, I need to work on that. That's, that's when the Holy Spirit speaks to you to exercise it in that manner. But some folks, you got straight up rebuke because they got their straight up devil. Amen. But that's maturity. When we mature, we learn that. First Corinthians 14 and 20. My brothers, do not be children in mind, and evil be as little children. But in mind, be of what? Full grown. Summary. Children talk way more than they desire to listen. Amen. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. When they learn to talk, man. But kids like to talk way more than they desire to learn. Parents must exercise much much patience when teaching children. Because we know that their attention span is what? Short. And they have plenty of energy to expel. We give them space to play, speak, and even give them passes when they fail and comfort them when they fall. This is how God entreats us as newborn babes in the faith. Amen? Boy, how many of you, when you first got saved... And you think back, you prayed the dumbest prayers ever. You wanted God to do stuff that was just dumb. And he listened to you. And he still loved you. you it's almost embarrassing sometimes to think about it now. You said some stupid stuff. And every prayer was about you. Man, you was just praying for you. You thought you were supposed to pray for you all the time. But this is how God entreats us as newborn babes in the faith. He listens to all of our foolish prayers and immature requests. Kill them, God. Kill her. She's wrong. You just kill her in Jesus' name. Amen. God just shaking his head like, look at this man. This girl is crazy. But he knows you're going to outgrow it. He knows you're going to. God, change him into the other man that I used to like. Please. 
In Jesus' name. He treated me better, God. Make him him. Just dumb. He listens to all of our foolish prayers. He even grants us some of them and covers our errors with grace and mercy as we learn and grow in him. How many of you know God did that? Granted you some dumb stuff just just because you was just young and didn't know no better. And you got up and tried to make a principle out of it. Man, a check came in, in the mail for $50. I needed to pay my rent and a check came out of nowhere. And God just granted you that, but that's not a principle. So every month you spend an extra 50 because you waiting on the check. I hate when people do this. I prayed for some extra money. When I got to the ATM, somebody else's account came up, man. And man, dude, $200 came out. I was like, dude, I don't even have this. I don't even have this in my account. It was a miracle. (laughs) Man, I've heard it all. I've heard it all. He grants it to us sometimes. However, God expects us to grow past childlike errors and move on to maturity in the faith. This growth is exhibited by us becoming stronger in the faith, obedient to God's order, and good stewards over what God has entrusted to us. This is where maturity comes in. Stronger in the faith, obedient to God's order. Amen. When you first got married, you was Jesse Luke. Your husband couldn't tell you nothing. Ten years later, you ought to be obedient to your husband because you grew, matured in that. Amen? Ten years later, you still got, you got him living on the porch. He can't come in his own house. Then you, you, you're still childish. That's childish behavior. Amen? And the church needs to quit putting up people like that and have them teaching folks. And if you ain't matured, you don't need to be teaching nobody. Amen. Our approach to God should be humble like a child, but our day-to-day behavior should show signs of growth and what? Maturity. Hebrews 5 and 12. For when, for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principle of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So basically he's saying, you don't need to be teaching if you need to be taught. You need to be sitting somewhere drinking milk. You up trying to teach and you're not qualified. Amen. And that happens a lot in church. You have people that sit in and try to form their own congregation in the congregation. I could do it better. Uh, I could do it better than the pastor. I could do it better than the first lady. I, you know, I really, I mean, you know, I tolerate her, but I, I really, it ought to be this way. It ought to be that way. No, you're not leading for a reason. Yeah, there's a reason. There's a reason God entrusts people to this ministry. There's a reason. Amen. And you got to know there's a reason. But some folks want to teach before they are taught. Some folks want meat and they need milk. You ever try to feed an infant or a little baby meat? You got to chew it up first. And then what good is it? Why would you chew up meat and give it to a baby? You done sucked all the flavor out. (laughs) Man, if babies could talk, baby be like, oh, no. That's just gross. 
Are you smashing it up and sucking all the... Okay, here you go. <laughs> like, man. <laughs> Can I get some with some flavor, please? <laughs> Baby don't have a teeth for a reason. Ain't supposed to eat it with no teeth. That's teeth food. You're going to teeth to eat that. That means that even the enzymes and stuff in it are going to digest better because it's for you because you have teeth. You think your body don't know that you needed teeth to eat that? Y'all understand what I'm saying, the illustration I'm giving you. That's a milk. Milk. You don't have teeth, you drink milk. Everybody stand to your feet. I thank God for the truth because I believe the Bible is true. Amen. Some of these scriptures you haven't even heard before, but they are true. Amen. And so we got to abide by the word. We can't pick and choose which parts we want to hear, which parts we want to live by, which parts we want to select, that kind of thing. It's not even that kind of party. We got to take the whole loaf. Eat ye all of it, saith the Lord. Amen. Every part of the word you have to be able to adhere to. But sometimes an understanding of the word, it needs to be in milk form until you are able to eat meat. And what happens a lot of times with churches, especially small startup churches, people come to church for positions because they want a position. And so when a church is small and they're struggling for members, they'll just give people positions, put them over this, put them over that, put them over this. When that person, the Bible said, shouldn't be teaching because that person is on milk. Amen. And then there are some people that are heavy in the word that know the word that could teach anyone in here but you still don't come with a desire for a position you've been listening to a true church perspective from g craig lewis founder of ex ministries and pastor of adamant believers council in grand prairie texas if this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us please send your donation to ex ministries P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at www.exministries.com.